Hello, welcome to Meet Me at the Movies Open Dialogue. Noel T. Manning II here, and uh, really happy to have with us today uh, Michael B. Chate, the producer, editor, director. Did I miss anything of this World War II What If <laughs> Epic Wolfhound? Anything else I missed out of that? I know you had an, an, the idea, so is there like a, a writing credit in here for you as well, Michael? Well, uh, I, I was not technically the editor. Um, okay. Our amazing editor, uh, Shanina Maria, did all of that, and she is incredible. Uh, but I gave her enough notes that she comically <laughs> has a binder that's like this thick that she <laughs> likes to remind me about. But um, no, I directed, uh, I came up with the story with my writing partner, Tim Ritchie. He wrote the script. Uh, I produced with our awesome producing partner, Sue Witham. And uh, I did operate the camera sometimes, but I did not get a credit for that. Um, uh, but that's that's plenty, you know, directing yeah. alone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and this, uh, this was your directorial debut as well. And I, I tell you, anybody taking on uh, directing uh, a project of any magnitude is, is something. So taking that first step out is pretty monumental. And you did it with this epic period piece. So uh, kudos, man, kudos on that. Thank you very much. Um, I was, let's see, how do I put this? I was aware that I was biting off um, quite a bit more than I could probably chew, but I was like, I thought it was maybe that, it was that. I mean, it was, <laughs> it turned out to be an extremely large undertaking, but um, you know, these are the kind of movies I grew up loving. And the kind of stuff that made me want to become a filmmaker uh, has always been, you know, telling a great story, but doing it in a in a spectacular, you know, big way. And uh, we we tried not to let, you know, the budget, which was a shoestring compared to what it hopefully should have been. Uh, we didn't want to let that get in the way. We did every trick in the book to to bring you guys the, the biggest and best movie possible. And I will say there were there were many moments during the shoot where I went, wow, this is a little more, uh, <laughs> it's a little bigger than I thought it was going to be, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm, I'm very thankful with the film that we have. You talked about growing up loving, loving film, loving cinema. Share a little bit about that love of cinema and then and, and maybe some examples of, of war epics that you were drawn to uh, that maybe gave you a little bit of inspiration for this. Well, um, I, I did grow up loving movies right away. I mean, one of my first, truly one of my first memories is watching uh, the original Star Wars or Top Gun uh, on my parents' old VCR, you know, with VHS <laughs> yes. tapes and kept rewinding them to my favorite parts and all of that. And um, that was like back in the days of, of like tracking and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I just, I fell in love right away. Uh, and before I even knew that I wanted to be a director, I know that I knew instinctively, like I loved that part, you know, of yeah. the storytelling and movie making. And uh, it's interesting that you mentioned war epics because I grew up uh, watching a lot of them. My dad is a pilot and also a World War II aficionado. Yeah. So we, like every time there was a marathon of war movies on TV, we watched them. Uh, and uh, at the same time though, and I think, you know, if you've seen the movie, hopefully this comes through very clear. We wanted to create something we've really never seen, which was a classic, you know, golden age, 1930s or 40s war movie combined with an 80s and 90s action movie. And uh, it, it doesn't sound 
like the most you know like like pieces that would fit so easily but in my mind i was like oh this is gonna be the coolest thing in the world and um so i grew up loving you know the works of james cameron john woo tony and ridley scott um of course spielberg and lucas john mctiernan sam raimi uh, who yeah. grew up like 20 minutes from my house yeah uh russell mulcahy like all of those guys uh yet i also like i said i always loved battle of britain uh from right. i think 1968 uh the longest day yeah. um you know uh things like um uh batan or i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that correctly um you know, a lot of John Wayne movies and John right. Ford movies. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's that the feelings of like the camaraderie, you know, between the men that are going into battle and, you know, the weight of everything, uh, plus the super action, you know, that I tried yeah. to insert. Uh, it, it's it's kind of a it's a concoction. Yeah. But, uh, so far, I think there's a lot of people that are thankfully liking it. Oh, and, yeah. um, you know, that's that to me was really the the goal um even though again it was it was a pretty ambitious one for a first yes. movie. <laughs> well I, you I, you nailed it and i i, I think Thank all you. of those different elements of what you're talking about I, I really felt like this film served as a love letter to many of those inspirations that you talked about and in some of the filmmakers you talked about as well um one of the things that, well, several things stood out to me, but one that stood out to me and everybody else that I've spoken with uh, relates to the aerial shots uh, and the aircraft. And uh, I, I know that that was, a, was an interesting journey and you knew you wanted to do it uh, this way. So talk about what this way was and getting the aircraft and those aerial shots. Okay, well, the, the best way I can start into that was um, I was lucky enough to be doing a commercial for the Yankee Air Museum in Michigan in 2013. Uh, I stepped onto their B-17 Flying Fortress bomber, which is beautifully restored. As you see in the movie, it looks brand new. And uh, I felt this weight, like this rush of emotion that hit me, uh, just realizing, whoa, you know, the real guys that were younger than me, you know, like 16, 17, 18, 19, that were really doing this, really fighting the Nazis in World yeah. War II they stood here, you know, so yeah. I really need yeah. them just, and I, I thought also like, wait a minute, I think there's a movie we can make out of this. Yeah. So over the years, we, we recruited uh, the Yankee Air Museum, the Military Aviation Museum down in Virginia Beach, and they brought the B-25 bomber, the Spitfire, the Hurricane, both P-51s, and the Messerschmitt uh, BF-109, which I can't even believe there's one still flying, you know, that's that original. <laughs> Uh, and that was a little eerie to film with, but it was so cool. Uh, and the biggest element to the aerial shots, uh, you know, I came up with lots of ideas, but Craig Hosking, yes. our aerial coordinator, he's the one that made it possible and executed it safely. And he did Dunkirk with Christopher Nolan. He flew on uh, Pearl Harbor with Michael Bay. And his resume is like 300 movies long. Yeah, Craig's and amazing. He he's amazing. Yes. Yeah, and uh, the aerial DP, uh, Dwayne McClintock, you know, he's up there and I mean, it's like a roller coaster you're riding and he has to just focus in on getting beautiful shots while pulling G's and like, yes. I just could not be more impressed with those two guys. Uh, and, you know, the fact that we did it uh, for real in the air, you know, I ever since I was a kid, you know, Top Gun by Tony Scott yeah. is the king. And I still think it's the king. It's like, the way he did it, the way that it was not only real, yeah. but 
so stylized and so just kick-ass and emotional at the same time. Uh, to me, that was the bar to hit. And so that's that's why we we committed uh, to something so, um, you know, you might think it's unattainable, but it, yeah. I found that if you get people excited and passionate and, and really, you know, let them see what you want to do, if they're into it, you know, that they'll, they'll help you make it a reality. And uh, just all those guys and all the pilots, I owe everything to for those scenes. Yeah. And um, your cast was pretty committed as well to, to some of these scenes, especially uh, those, uh, those aerial shots. Yes, uh, James Maslow especially. Uh, his his first day it was like, "Hi, nice to meet you in person. It's been so nice talking to you on the phone. We're throwing you into the back of a P fifty one. You're gonna get flipped upside down. We're gonna pull about three or four G's, and I'll be on the radio. Have fun." So it was. Uh, I mean, he was to, to call him a trooper is an understatement. Uh, and and um, you know, several of the other actors went up in the B seventeen. And uh, we filmed up there for real in the cockpit and out some of the waste guns. Uh, and then uh, the B-25, when James went up in that, um, yeah. I got a text after the first flight. Uh, and uh, I haven't told this story very much. The Wes Gathright, our main, uh, our DP, the director of photography, he was up there handheld with a camera. And the entire text read, buy Dramamine now. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no. Oh, God. No, that's and James basically just walked out. He was very calm. And he's just like, I just need a few minutes. And he he slept for about two hours. After, oh, like wow. that, that thing was like a rocket. And he was yeah. he's, he's a, a very, very good friend and actor for doing that. Wow. Well, I, I love the cinematography. I love the editing choices. And uh, I, I got a chance when I was in college to work on a period film. Uh, with, with 20th Century Fox, The Last Mohican. So the, the challenge- You worked on Last Mohicans? Yeah, I did. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I should be interviewing you about that. <laughs> so so the challenge of period filmmaking, I, I have a very close appreciation and understanding for uh, everything from uh, you know, the production design to the props, to the costumes. There's just so much you have to pay attention to. So I'd love to hear you share some of that because- uh, that always draws my attention when I'm looking at period films. Well, I'll tell you, um, our costume designer, Jessica Van Ash, and our production designer and art director, Brandon uh, Ottenbacher, they had their hands full from day one. Uh, and, you know, the reenactors that we worked with, uh, the World War II reenactors from several different groups in the Midwest, and some came from down south, um, again, uh, the passion they had for bringing the story to life and the movie world to life. Uh, they brought, I mean, so many of the ground vehicles, the, the tables with radio equipment all over them, um, the flags. I mean, everything was, was very authentic. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we worked overtime to keep it that way. And, you know, for an independently made film, which before Lionsgate picked us up, we were very independent and uh it was a large amount of actors uh for any movie but especially a lower budgeted movie right. and you know to have just everyone had to go through the wardrobe checks the you know um anachronism checks make sure yes. there's no watches from present day make sure there's no glasses for present day yeah. and uh you know, then on top of that doing action you know at the scale we were doing right. so uh it was a very large undertaking and i can't i mean my hat is off to to 
everybody in just the art, the props department, Dave yeah. Gordy, yes. uh, he brought a bunch of stuff as well, uh, prop wise. And we blow him up in the, in the hangar shootout <laughs> uh, as an homage to his participation. Yeah. So it's, it was very, um, it, it, I mean, yeah, it, it definitely made it uh, more focused, more harder. You know, every shot outside, we had to like frame out telephone poles. Right, right. Anything on the horizon. And uh, there there actually were entire cities and subdivisions in the aerial shots, if the camera was wide enough, that were digitally painted out wow. uh, by our visual effects team. Yeah, uh, Ryan Urban is our, our VFX supervisor, and he had a huge amount of people uh, working on uh, the film. And one of the things he did was if we screwed up and you saw modern factories or swimming pools and you know uh, things that were obviously not in 1944, they painstakingly erased wow. all of that. Wow. So, I mean, I, I still don't even know how they did some of that. Yeah, uh, they, they, did, <laughs> they, did, they did marvelous jobs. They did a marvelous job on that. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned earlier about your dad being a pilot and did he, give you any uh, technical advice uh, on this on this project? Did he serve as a, a technical advisor in any form or fashion? He, he did. Uh, he was there every single day and he loved it. Uh, and, you know, he was flying ever since, uh, I think he was 17 wow. when he got his license. Uh, he was a certified flight instructor teaching other people how to fly, I think before he was 20. And uh, he recently was awarded uh, the FAA Wright Brothers Safety Award, which is uh, if you've had no accidents for 50 years, wow. so like that's, yeah, that's absolutely wow. incredible. That and, is incredible. Uh, yeah. And uh, so he, I mean, he was in heaven, like he's always taken me to air shows and, yeah. you know, gotten me in to see cool planes on air force bases over the years. But I was very, very excited and proud to be able to say like, here's a front row seat to stuff wow. that no, nobody ever gets to see. Yeah. And like, you know, we took him up in the B-17 multiple times. Uh, and he he was absolutely our aviation um, kind of like safety uh, checker. Yeah, uh, yeah, not yeah. Not only with behind the scenes, but like on the screen too. Like there, there wow. were definitely a lot of times when he said, maybe you should have them do this or maybe that, oh, you know, I love that. over here. And uh, it, it, that was a dream come true to be able to, you know, work with my dad on this. Wow. Uh, and, Especially on yeah. your first, first project too. I mean, that's in, in a project yeah. that, that marries his love of flight and, and your love of flight growing up in it as well. That's, that's awesome, man. That is really awesome. I, I'm glad you got a chance to do that. I'm glad he was so uh, involved uh, in this process. Uh, you know, when, whenever you develop an idea and you think about what you want to see, what you want to create and what you want it to look like once all the editing is done from the development through the pre-production, um, you know, the production and then the post. When you think back, was there a moment when you were shooting that you knew or a moment or a scene or a day that you knew, oh, we've got something, we've got something and I can't wait to see it on the big screen? You know, um, there were, there were two moments, okay. actually. Uh, the first one is um, day two of principal photography down in Virginia Beach and Suffolk in Virginia. And, uh, you know, day one, uh, the only thing we were able to do was some like, you know, the camera flying through cloudscapes uh, because just everything took a little longer to set up and we were rained out during the day. So we didn't have a time, you know, time to do dogfighting or aerial sequences with the other aircraft. 
But day two was the first time that, you know, the P-51s got up with the B-17 and we were we were able to do, you know, the, the action you see in the movie. And on the, the very first flight, when they came back down uh, with the memory cards and put them in the computer, and I first saw that incredible aerial footage they were getting, uh, it was it was like a, a light switch moment. I was like, okay, this is working. This is yeah. actually working. I can't believe this. Uh, and so that was moment number one, because I, and I, there's like behind the scenes of me going like, this looks like Pearl Harbor, this is incredible. <laughs> awesome. uh, and um, the second moment uh, was the interrogation scene uh, okay. or the interrogation yeah. room scene, because uh, no spoilers, but uh, John Turk's character, Colonel Krieger, he doesn't really end up interrogating the guy. But um, that scene was was definitely the most serious, the most, yeah. um, we called it like the Schindler's List scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's that's in there for a reason. I mean, I'm a Jewish man. My family uh, comes from a very, you know, Jewish roots in the metro Detroit area. And so I grew up learning all about the Holocaust, all about the Nazis. And I, I wanted this to be much more Indiana Jones than yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, but I didn't want to ever lose the the weight and the emotion right. and the meaning that like this is the greatest evil that that these guys fought that the greatest generation fought, and that scene was written specifically to hopefully scare the living crap out of people yeah. and like make you remember it's like oh it's not all just fun games and um, take one uh, was so harrowing because we did the whole scene at once and that wow. it used to be before editing it was like nine minutes so wow. in the final film it's like maybe like six yeah. but uh that entire take everyone was so mesmerized by the acting that those guys were doing that taylor novak and john turk were doing and that the script uh was working yeah. and one of the the camera assistants forgot to focus at one point because he was so into it that wow. john turk moves like this and his eyes go out of focus and afterwards <laughs> i was like hey man what happened and the guy said i'm so sorry i was so into the scene i forgot wow. to pull the knob and when i saw that uh as it was happening i thought like okay no matter what else happens on the shoot this scene is special like yeah. this is gonna resonate with people and so far uh thankfully it has uh, yeah. from comments that i've heard Absolutely, it does. Uh, Michael Pichet, uh, our guest right here on Meet Me in the Movies Open Dialogue. Uh, the film is Wolfhound. It is a, a World War II what-if epic. And, and Michael, just want to give you a chance to share any final thoughts or comments you want to make sure you share uh, with our audience. Well, uh, I would say uh, thank you in advance for hopefully going to see the movie. Uh, and um, uh, you can see it on Amazon and Apple right now. Uh, but it definitely looks better on a big screen. Uh, the only exactly. other thing I'd say is, other than uh, you know, thanking you so much for having me on, uh, is I hope everybody enjoys the film. Uh, and I hope that you both have fun. Uh, but that it also, you know, packs some power and, and makes you makes you think a little bit just about what those guys really did uh, back then so that we could live in the world we do today. Wow. Michael Bichate, our guest right here on Meet Me in the Movies Open Dialogue. We really appreciate you taking the time. And for all of those watching, that's a wrap.